You're listening to the Rua Space Podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to the Rua Space Podcast, where we help you make space for the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit in your everyday life. Today, I am excited to be joined by Sally McAteer. Yes, Sally's Matt. We are not actually being joined by the Matt. However, many of you know Sally by Sally's Matt, and I'm really excited for this conversation. Sally and her ministry has had a really profound impact on my own journey. She was one of my trainers when I was learning to be a yoga instructor, and it's been a blessing to continue to work with her as trainers at Yoga Faith. So I know that this conversation will be a blessing to you, and we are so glad that you are here. Now, before we do dive into that conversation, I want to just let you know about a few things going on here at Rua Space. First, we have our Patreon page where you can help support the ministry for just a few dollars a month while gaining access to some really great exclusive content, including live events. We also have our Rua Space Christian yoga memberships, which now have over a hundred videos from yin to power to restorative to other types of flows and guided practices. So if that's something you would be interested in, you can find a link in the description below. We have both monthly and yearly membership prices. And then finally, friends, we are now offering spiritual direction, which is a one-on-one space where we explore your story, your story in the past, the present, and yes, even the future, the invitations, the movements of God, of where God may be leading you, looking to connect deeper with God in real tangible ways, hearing the voice of God in your life. So if you've never heard of spiritual direction before, you're wondering if it's right for you, I'd love to set up a free call to discuss that. And you can find a link to that in the description below or reach out to us at connect at ruaspace.com. So friends, thank you again for being here with us today. I'm so excited for this conversation. I pray that it is a blessing to you. So here is my interview discussion with Sally McAteer. Sally, welcome to the Rua Space Podcast. Such an honor to have some space to talk to you today. I'm honored to be here, Phil. It's good to see you. Absolutely. You know, it felt like time. We met right as COVID hit. And, uh, you know, we've been having the podcast going that whole time and your, your story and your teaching had an impact on my becoming a yoga instructor. So I'm really excited to uh, get the opportunity to share, uh, to share you, I guess, having met you with our audience who some of them from Yoga Faith will know you, but others who aren't may not. So I, I think this is gonna be great. I think people enjoy our conversation. I hope so. Thank you for having me, Phil. I didn't realize I had an impact on you like that. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. You know, I was I was pretty early on in the journey there. And so, you know, everything you and Michelle were saying was kind of just soaking in and, and shaping the whole direction. So, well, to get started then, can you share a little bit about your journey of coming to, to yoga? Maybe what difference it made in your life? Why you went down this path? Sure. Um, so I began yoga in a secular studio uh, many years ago. So it's probably probably about 13 years ago. Um, I just started taking yoga. It was a secular studio. I love the practice. Um, I was a believer then. I just never had connected the two together. I thought yoga was just something that was separate. I never thought about combining my faith with it. Um, but I loved the physical 
practice of yoga, the asanas. I loved, you know, vinyasa and all of that. And so um, I was very avid at practicing. I went very consistently and um, things in my personal life began to take a turn. And so my marriage began falling apart and things at home were just really bad. So I kind of came out of the studio and just didn't go back. I felt like just being in the public was not where I wanted to be. But my friend who knew my love of yoga said, hey, there's a church down the road that teaches yoga. Maybe you would feel a little bit more safer there. Um, just consider what was going on in my life. So I tried it out and I went, it was a Monday night and it was Christian yoga and she read scripture. She prayed for the first time. I connected all three instead of just the physical and the breathing, like it was, it became spiritual and it had never been spiritual for me before. And so once I connected the three, it was like, okay, this is what I've been missing this whole time. I was never connecting my full whole self. I was only connecting the physical part. And so that night I went to the teacher. I said, I don't know what we just did, but I need more. And I need more of this. And she explained to me it was Christian yoga. And she told me about an event that they were having that Friday in Atlanta, Georgia. Now I'm about six hours from Georgia. And she goes, it's a teacher training event. Maybe you want to go and um, see about teacher training. And now, mind you, that was not on my radar at all. My marriage was falling apart. And I'm like, Christian yoga teacher, I'm going to be a divorced woman here soon. Like, who's going to want to take anything from a divorced Christian woman? And so like all these thoughts and the enemy was flooding, but I went home. I told my husband, I said, I don't know what this is about, but I'm packing up and I'm going. And so I went and at that experience, it was a teacher training event just to learn more about teacher training. I knew very clearly that the Lord was telling me this is for you. And I know life seems like a mess. And I know that you feel like things are falling apart, but you are going to leave here and you're going to do this. And so I just did it. That's so cool. You know, one of the things I, I appreciated that you're saying there was, you know, it just was clear to you from God. And here at Real Space, you know, we love to talk about hearing God's voice in our life through spiritual practices, spiritual disciplines. So one of the questions I love to ask people, because I think it's on a very individual basis, God speaks in many ways, but the ways that we hear from God are kind of unique to us and based on our personality and, and who we are. So when you talk about God was sort of making it clear that you felt this was the right direction, how would you describe knowing, yes, this, this is the thing God's telling me to do? Is it a feeling? Is it a thought? How do you sort of connect to that? I felt it through his word. So at that event, the person that was leading it read um, Mark 2, where um, Jesus came in and healed the paralyzed man. And she was reading that scripture where, you know, Jesus turns to him and he says, you know, you're healed. Get up, pick up your mat and go tell. And when she read that, it was almost as if I felt the Holy Spirit it was almost like Jesus himself was standing there looking straight at me and repeating those words to me. Sally, you're healed. I healed you on the cross. I know life seems awful right now. I know you feel like you're in the pit, but you're healed. You need to get up off this mat and you need to go tell somebody how I healed you. 
not healed your marriage, not fixed your marriage, because remember that was secondary at that point. At that point, it looked like it had fallen apart. It was, I healed you, you, Mm -hmm. my daughter, you're healed. I healed you on the cross. Now just go tell somebody. And that was the part of my life I was missing. I didn't know how to go tell. And so being on that yoga mat, the Lord made it clear in that moment, this is your telling. This is your method. This is the place I'm giving you to speak boldly for me wherever you go with that yoga mat. And so that's how Sally's mat was born. That was... It was an accident. I didn't have a full (laughs) yoga name. I didn't know what I was doing. I just knew that Sally's mat was a huge mess, but I was going to carry it everywhere I went and the Lord was going to restore me. He eventually restored my marriage. He uh, redeemed things in my life. And I was to take that yoga mat up under my arm and go tell somebody. And, you know, in that scripture too, which, you know, this is me just feeling and knowing in my knower that the Holy Spirit was speaking to me. He could have told that paralyzed man to leave that mat there. And, you know, the fact that in that scripture, she said, pick up your mat and go. It was almost like pick up that thing that reminded you of being paralyzed. Pick up that Mm. thing that reminds you of that season of life that was awful but you're going to go tell somebody about the redeeming power that I had with you on that mat. And so I don't know, outside of in that moment and through his word, I knew like the Holy spirit lived in me and I knew, I knew Jesus, but I had not really experienced that time until I got onto my yoga mat. And then it was like, okay, now you're here. I've got your attention. Now listen to me. This is what you're going to do. And it just, it just happened. That's great. I, I appreciate the fact that you had so much going on and it, it sort of has that chaos feeling of, I mean, even you said, you know, like, well, who am I to go to go and share this? Like, why would someone listen to me? You know, things are kind of a mess. And it's amazing to me because I think we all, if we look at our lives and say, man, we, we do not have it all together. And I think sometimes there's this, this feeling, especially for someone wanting to go into ministry, if they, if they haven't been in ministry before, you know, like didn't go to school for it, didn't sort of grow up being told, hey, you're going to do this. There can sort of be a feeling, I think, that, hey, I have to get it all together before I can go and possibly help someone else on this journey, but time and time again, maybe a few people have a story like that. I don't think very many. I think really the majority is my life was a mess. This thing happened. And now I can sort of share that with people. So I think there's some good news in there that you don't have to have it all together to start being a voice of this good news. And you don't, if we're honest, none of us ever have it together to do ministry work. Right. stumble we figure it out we grow we set back we screw up like those are the things that I've just been open to 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 continue to go like I mess up all the time (laughs) but the Lord has made it very clear okay here's what you got to do now pick up that mat and go tell somebody about me doesn't matter it's not about Sally it's not about me at all it's about what can I do through this method to spread the name of Jesus, to tell somebody, hey, I've been there. It's a mess. Pick up that mat and go, you know, because that's all we're really told to do is just go and tell. And I don't know, it worked for me. And I will definitely, I'm still not together. Um, Most people that follow me and know me know I'm not together, but I'm cool with it. 
it's yeah. fine because the Lord can still use me as long as I'm willing to be obedient and walk in what he's telling me to do. I mean, and that's what holds us back. We don't walk in obedience. We, we get fearful, you know, teachers that want to train. That's the number one thing they say. I don't know yoga well enough. Well, newsflash, you're never going to know yoga. <laughs> you're not going to know it a hundred percent because yoga is an evolving practice. You have to consistently practice and there's always somewhere to go. You never master it. So isn't that our life, right? We never master this. We just keep practicing every day we get up. The Lord gives us breath and we just keep walking. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's the consistent story we see throughout scripture, right? Jesus' disciples continue. I mean, in fact, most of the time you're like, who are these people? Because they never seem to get it. There's just constant things. You look at David, who it's scripture tells us is a person after God's own heart, right? And continually continue to, to struggle, but sort of continues to walk forward in that. So when you made that decision and you, you felt like, okay, God has invited me to pick up my mat, go and tell people, was it a smooth transition or did you, did you end up facing more sort of barriers and difficulties to doing that? Oh, a hundred percent. I still do to this day. And I've been carrying this mat for seven years. <laughs> um, there are push there. I get a lot of pushback. I'm in the South. I'm in the Bible belt. Um, you know, I attend a Baptist church. And so it's not normal what I do. And so I've tried my best to normalize it the best I can within my community. I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate that my pastor supports me. He has from day one, him and his wife, they have never questioned. Um, they know that what I do is to only glorify the Lord hundred percent. And so I'm blessed. Most teachers don't have that type of support from their home church. Um, but Yes, pushback has been coming at me from, I would say I get it more from believers than non-believers. Um, just to, a few days ago, I got a message from someone of Hindu faith who was going to tell me, you know, I was culturally appropriating and all of these things. So I do get that sometimes, but it's the majority is from believing sisters and brothers in Christ. And a lot of it is they're just scared. People are scared of what they don't understand. And so at first, when it first started, I would cry. I would get like, why don't they accept me? Like, I just want them to accept me and know that this is okay. And I don't know, now I don't, I look at it and I keep rolling. Like I answer questions as they come and I answer them dependent upon my audience and how I answer them. Um, but my mission is very clear to me and it is not to defend yoga. And so I just kind of let that go. My mission is to defend the cross of Christ. And so I try to stay true to that. So if I'm, I don't let this topic hinder me and a fellow sister or brother in Christ. At least I try not to let it. I try to not let that be a barrier. Sometimes we agree to disagree and continue to move on but my mission is to spread the gospel and to tell people God love them, God loves them, and that you know they can be in a horrible place of life like I was, and it's okay. The Lord healed you, and He can heal you. And you know that's where I try to focus. I try not to focus so much on the pushback because you're going to get it. Anybody that does anything in ministry is going to get pushback from some avenue. 
No doubt. I can, I can say a big amen to that. Even in ministry before starting yoga, you know, it's, you're never going to please everybody. It doesn't matter. Um, even if you are staying as faithful to the Bible and historic Christian faith as you can, there's always going to be someone not happy with something that you're saying you're doing. And I think that sort of comes with the leadership sort of role, right? I mean, again, look at any leader and no one is ever just 100% support from everybody. That's unfortunately part of the story. When you are sort of facing difficulty, whether it's from the outside or even just sort of like maybe spiritual warfare that you're experiencing from the inside, do you have practices that you turn to or do you have scripture you return to? What sort of helps you stay centered in those moments? I try really hard. Well, anytime I get pushed back, I used to react and and want to respond immediately because I felt like everything needed a response. But now I've stopped. I've made myself the 24 hour rule, like give yourself 24 hours, pray and even see if the Lord's leading you to respond, because not everything needs a response. Sometimes it's okay to just leave things where they are and let people say their piece Maybe it made them feel better. Maybe they got something off their chest. But that doesn't necessarily mean it's up to me to respond. But there have been times where I've prayed in particular with someone of a different faith from me who contacted me through private message. This has happened to me twice in seven years where it was very clear they were um, Hindu and that they were just trying to tell me about cultural appropriation and misappropriating yoga and all of these things. Well, the first time it happened, I blocked them. I thought, I'm just going to block these people. I don't have time for this. You know, I re- I reacted immediately. I didn't pray about it. Just felt like this is trolls. I don't need to deal with this. Immediate conviction took over. And so that taught me a valuable lesson. Again, I told you, I mess up a lot to learn. And I felt like the Lord was like, now, look, you got to come to me. Let me guide your steps. Don't guide, don't let your own steps happen. And so it happened again a few years later. I got a private message and I, re- I prayed first and then I responded living out the mission that the Lord set for me to help the lost be found. Like that was my whole point of Sally's map. Help the lost get found, the found get lost in Christ. That's my mission. And so I felt him go, you, are, you have an opportunity here. You have an opportunity with someone you know does not believe the way that you believe. You have an opportunity to minister. And so I responded in kindness and in love, but just explained, hey, I understand what you're saying, but I'm a believer of Christ. I believe Christ came, he died, he rose, and I believe that the, that Christ is the way to God. They never responded, but I lived out what the Lord told me to do, and that's tell somebody about him. And so I have found Instead of responding, reacting, give yourself 20, give myself 24 hours, pray, and just let the Holy Spirit guide my steps. And sometimes that means I respond, sometimes I don't. But I don't allow any longer me and my immediate reaction fleshly self to take over. I think that sounds really wise. I think that wisdom lives in that space where we aren't just you know, off the cuff reacting to our first emotion and what we're feeling, but 
giving it some of the space. And part of me wants to say, you must have learned a little bit of that on the mat, because that is one of the things about a yoga practice is we're making that space to feel, to slow down. I mean, for you, what is it about yoga and bringing the body into the, into worship that helps you connect to God better? Um, I think it's the connection of the physical body that God, obviously he designed, created. He knew that if we could just connect that physical with the mental, the spiritual, if we could yoke all of that together and combine and unite or whatever word you want to plug in, if we could just do that, it would be full time well spent with him. For me, when I get on my yoga mat, I, everything else drowns out around me. My to-do list goes to the side. I'm not thinking of where I'm going next. I'm just in the moment, listening to my breath in my ear, listening to what the Lord gave me and just being. And when I move, whether it's slow, whether it's yin, whether it's vinyasa, whether it's power, it's my body physically connecting with my breath, the things that God created <laughs> And that he tells us to tap into, the problem is we don't do it. We don't stop. We never connect all of those parts together. And I believe that's why we get so much pushback, Phil. I think the reason we get so much pushback in doing yoga as Christians is because it does fully connect us with our creator. Mm -hmm. um, it pulls us out of this gang life that we live and we have time to connect the one that made us, whether it be just listening to the breath he gave us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that there, Jesus talks about seek and you will find knock and it will be open to you. And I think tying our breath in, slowing down, becoming present, that really helps us sort of clarify what we're seeking. Because especially today, you know, when we, we've got kids, we've got work, we've got a million things to do, and we can very easily lose our breath, lose our feeling, lose that connection. And for me, this little bit of space to sort of integrate all of it again, sort of just keeps all the doors open, if you will, to God to return to that. So that even when I'm not on the mat, sort of what happened on the mat sticks with me, right? And I sort of feel that connection even in other spaces. When we, we like to talk about, I think, I don't know if it's a yoga faith thing, it's probably an everywhere thing, but we like to talk about lessons from the mat that we've learned that sort of translate into life. Have you had anything recently happen on the mat or in a class? You're like, oh, that makes sense. That connects to this. I think um, the, the more I practice, I would say the yin style has taught me a lot about trauma. And I'm not a trauma teacher. I'm not into the trauma sensitive. Like that's not my area talking more about for my personal um, self, Yin has taught me about how the connective tissue in the body, it the issues are in the tissues, right? We know that. That's just a physical thing. But I have learned that if you're struggling with something that you don't even realize you're struggling with, if you sit in a Yin posture long enough, it comes out. Mm. And I don't know how to explain it outside of that issue is in the tissue, um, recently, I was practicing yin, and I have not had an emotional moment in yin in probably maybe three years, and I was teaching it, and I don't know, we were in um, Half Happy Baby, and 
on the right side. And it was just like, I just began crying and I don't, it was coming out. I don't know why there was no in particular song that was playing. It wasn't like my thoughts were thinking about anything, but uncontrollable, just tears. And so it was just my body releasing. So in that moment, it just reminded me that I've got to continuously stay in my practice because sometimes my body keeps the score. My body knows something's wrong, but my mind is not yet caught up with it. Sometimes I just need to sit and let the physical body do the work. And so Mm -hmm. it was like something that I, I knew you get this head knowledge, but when you teach yoga so much, like I do, it's super easy to disconnect from the practice because I'm too busy trying to teach others how to do it. Yeah. Um, so it was in that moment where I guess just remembering and realizing you need to continuously get in these uncomfortable postures as a teacher, as a person, you know, cause sometimes you hold things and I do, I hold things. I don't even realize I'm holding and I couldn't even tell you what those tears were about. It doesn't matter. All I knew was the physical body released it and I went on about my day. And sometimes I think that's okay. You don't always have to know what's going on. Yeah. And I think that's really key because especially in our Western church context, you know, if you go to a normal church service, especially in the Protestant tradition, you know, you'll have some music announcements, a sermon, what, what may be. A lot of it is just speaking to the mind. And I think we sort of then get the idea that the way I fix my problems is all through the mind, through understanding more scripture or having the right belief or thinking through it. And not to discount the mind, like I I love using the mind. I love studying the Bible, all that. But I think you said it really well when it's like the body stores it. And sometimes the best way really to access it is to get to it through the body, even if we don't understand the thoughts behind it. Right. I can get in like fish pose sometimes. I get in fish a lot after teaching um, because fish allows my heart to open. And I feel like when I teach, sometimes I close it in. And so like the physical opening. And so sometimes it makes me just emotional to teach that because I realize when I see those people's heart lifted and their shoulders back, for most of those people, that's probably the only time that week they have open physical space within their heart to receive. And Mm. so we don't posture ourselves enough physically. And so when we do, oh my goodness, it's amazing what happens because we walk around, we walk around hunched in guarding our heart, right? As believers, we, we sometimes guard our heart a lot and don't even realize sometimes we're guarding it and we don't even need to be guarding it. But when you physically open up that heart space, it's like, wow, okay, you can feel almost a release and the Lord going, it's okay, you're safe. I'm here. You're here. Open up that heart and just receive this tight, this quiet time I have for you. To me, it's no different than sitting at my desk, opening my Bible and reading his word. I'm spending time with him. And so um, it makes sense in my head. No, a hundred percent. I mean, this is the very beginning of our scripture. God created us with bodies and called them good. And so it makes sense that we're not going to 
do everything just through our minds. I mean, I remember in grad school at one point, one of our professors who's a very well-known psychologist talks about how in our stomach, we have some of the same type of things that we have in our brain. So that's why we feel things sometimes in our stomach. And it's like, wait a minute, that's not like a mental thought process. That's just a feeling thing. So it makes sense opening up our chest, right? Getting into different postures is going to access things a little differently because I think that's how God made us. So it makes complete sense to me. And one of the things, you know, we, we have some people listening who for one reason or another, maybe they're, they're older, right? In their seventies, or maybe they're in their twenties, but they say, I'm just not flexible. So either end of whatever the reason, there's probably some people listening saying, man, that sounds so good, but like, I can't do yoga because I can't get on the floor or I'm really not flexible. So I'm not going to do it right. Do you have a word for, for people who are maybe saying this all sounds good, but it's not for me. Well, yoga is not, um, mm, we practice yoga for other reasons than flexibility. I think Instagram has ruined that for people because you see Instagram yoga and you think that's what you need to look like to, <laughs> yeah. to practice yoga. It's no different than me coming onto my yoga mat and that scripture being read over me that you're healed, get up, pick up your mat and go. If I would have waited to look holy enough, I'd have never made it. Like, <laughs> come on, you know, like you, you can't, you don't do these things. You don't walk in obedience except to get, better at your relationship with the Lord. Like I get that a lot from people. I'm not flexible. I'm not this. Well, that's why we do yoga. We do yoga to, to work on the body, not necessarily to ever touch our toes. It's not about touching your toes. It's about the journey to get to the forward fold. You know, like the, the problem I think we have is people have this vision of what yoga is, and it's not just flexibility. Yoga began, you know this field, it was just a seated breathing practice. Before the asanas came into play, it was sitting, breathing, and meditating. That's yeah. it. That's how it started. If you can breathe, you can do yoga. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Now, the Asana portion. Yes, I've chaired. I have a couple in their 70s. I teach chair yoga too, twice a week in their home. They cannot get out of that chair and get on the floor, but they can sit in that chair. They can breathe with me. We can read scripture. We can move our arms. There are ways to this practice um, that don't look like Instagram. And that's okay. Like we don't all have to look the same. And, you know, yoga, the only time I guess I could say I found that yoga is not for someone was um, someone I had encountered that had dealt with um, some like dark things in their life, dark witchcraft things, a lot of, and, and she said that she felt like practicing yoga triggered those moments in her life. And so for her, I was like, maybe you need to abstain from this then. Because you know where the Lord's leading you. And if he's saying right now is not a good time because this is triggering your, mm. your new age lifestyle. It's triggering that dark space that you were in. That's the only person I've ever encountered where I was like, yeah, you probably shouldn't practice. Because it is a spiritual discipline. It is a moment where you're connecting with the Lord. And so for her, it was a triggering thing. And so she's the only person I ever encountered where I was like, maybe you shouldn't even 
mess with this right now. Wait till you have more spiritual liberty. Wait till the Lord gives you that to, to come back into this practice. So I, I get it a lot from people. I'm not flexible. I'm not this. That's not at all what yoga is about. If that's what you think yoga is, you need to do some research because re- it's not the asana. That it didn't start off with physical postures. That's not what yoga is. Um, it's more about connecting the mind, connecting the breath. And then connecting, of course, your spiritual self, your, you can do your physical body just in a seated posture. Yeah. Well, and that's what I like about yoga faith is every instructor I've met that I know at least is very much about honor where you're at, right? Like tapping into those feelings, becoming present. It doesn't matter if your forward fold is all the way down or if it's like two inches of back movement, then you're honoring where you're at. And I think that's part of our spiritual journey of connecting deeper with God as we can listen to an honor where we are that teaches us to start doing that in everything. So it's like actually by not pushing yourself further than your body wants to go, to me, that is the practice. To actually push further than you wanna go, to me is to actually dishonor where you are on that day. And so I think wherever people are, yeah, I, I love that. I think they can engage it. Is there a posture or a part of the practice that you're working on right now where you say, man, I've really struggled with this or man, that really hits me somewhere. So I need to keep working on it. Do you have anything where that you're working on currently? Um, I would say um, I have been working a lot on this on supported bridge because, you know, I'm a yinster. So um, supported bridge where you have the block underneath your hips. It's that back bend. So your back is like literally bent the wrong way. Um, So I've been working on making my block taller and turning it the opposite way to make that lift higher because I have had three kids and I've had epidurals and I have not had epidurals. I've had a lot of low back things going on. And so that posture challenges me and it's making my low back healthier Um, I started working on it when COVID um, came about because I was doing a lot more personal practice at home and noticed my low back was not where it needed to be. So Mm. I just started doing a lot of strengthening in that area. Um, I have a pretty strong core. And so I knew it wasn't that. I knew it had to be something tweaky in my low back. Um, So that's about the only thing I think right now when I go to practice that I'm constantly, I'm doing that posture just to continuously get that build in my low back that's good yeah i i really like that posture and i also my low back is something that always seems to bother me so i probably need to try that uh do you have a favorite posture or family of asanas and why Uh, my favorite posture is fish it's always gonna be fish just because for me I like, I do a lot um, on my phone, on my computer. I'm a forward facing individual, like most of us. I like that head back, heart lifted um, posture. I'm not really into um, a lot of the prone postures are not my favorite. I would say balances. I love balances. And I don't mean like balancing on one hand, one finger. I mean like tree. I love the way it challenges me. And so, because everybody's like, oh, I can do tree, that's easy. Okay, can you do tree and look to the right and keep Mm. it? You know, like there's always somewhere else to go in a balance that challenges you. And so balance postures are probably some of my favorite. I like that, yeah, absolutely. And, and, And that's one of those things too, I feel like in balance, 
there's so many sort of quote unquote spiritual lessons to be gained of fixing our eyes of just the word balance in general. There's a lot of things I think to sort of uh, meditate on when we're engaging balances and things that we can sort of learn. So I really appreciate that. So as a yinster, here's a question, music or no music in a yin class? I have class? to have music. Okay, okay. Yes, I'm a music yinster. I know there's a lot that aren't. Now, in my yin, I do alternate between words and no words. Um, so I'll do like instrumental and then I'll play a soft song with words and then another instrumental. I do alternate. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I have to have words. I'm that well, kind of girl. That's great. I know it's I know it's a debate. So I thought, you know, you are like the well, maybe I'm overstepping here, but I feel like you are the yoga faith yin person. So I'm like, now we've heard it from Sally. Yes, music. It's the final word on the street. Um, debate over. No, but uh no, I like to hear this. <laughs> just kidding, just kidding. I appreciate that. So Sally, for people who are sort of on this this walk of faith with Christ and are have never incorporated yoga or on the journey so this is a this is a massive question that you can't possibly uh hit everything but maybe a final word of encouragement just for people on this journey who have listened to this point in the episode um what what is like a final thing you'd like to offer to people oh man you should I know. give me this prior let me think about it. i know it's got on the spot here we go yeah no i mean if it's i would say somebody that is interested in practicing yoga um, and they're unsure, my suggestion is to pray and let the Holy Spirit guide your steps. Um, just because it might be the cool thing that people are doing or your friends doing, it might not be for you. The Lord knows you better than anybody in the world. So pray and let the Lord say, yeah, I think this is something that you could implement in your life as a spiritual discipline to take you deeper with me. And he'll be honoring to that. He, you pray, he will answer. Um, if it's somebody that's considering teacher training, same thing. Let the Lord guide your steps. We are too quick as individual. Well, we're just quick in general with everything in life. We don't stop long enough. We never take that pause and just say, okay, Lord, is this what you want or is this what I want? Um, I didn't do that early on in my teaching. I took the step without praying and it cost me later on in my teaching career. Um, so always pray and, and take a pause, practice the pause. I tell people that all the time, practice that uncomfortable place of not knowing what's next. <laughs> it's okay. Um, pause, Jesus paused. A lot, um, you'll see it throughout scripture. Pauses are so important. Those holy pauses, those moments where you know something's coming, but it's just not there yet. And just listen to the Lord and spend that time with him and let him guide your step. Don't let the world guide it. Don't let your flesh guide it. Um, so I guess that would be my advice. Absolutely. No, I think that's really good. And because you've brought the Southern accent to the Rua Space podcast, you know, an old sort of joke that we have going is, could you one time just say essential oils for us? 
essential oils. <laughs> oh, so good. So good. I've, I've tried to incorporate that into how I say it. Sometimes I forget, but I, I think that that also is the official way uh, to, to say this. Sally, if people want to go deeper with what you're up to, find your classes, whether they're local to where you're at or live far away, where can we send people to connect deeper with you and what you're doing? Well, you can find me everywhere just by searching Sally's map. Um, I'm the only person in America with that name. So <laughs> if you Google it, everything that's related to me pops up. I have a website, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, like, it, but just type in Sally's map. I think I'll be the first person to pop up. <laughs> Perfect. Perfect. Well, Sally, this has been a joy. Thank you again for your ministry. I know it's ministered and been a blessing to me and to Aaron, and I know to many others listening. So thank you. And thanks for coming on today. This has been a blast. I appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome, Phil. It's always good to see you. Hey friends, Phil here. Before you go, I just want to say thank you once again for joining us today. Do check out all of the links in the description below. Hopefully we have covered everything you may have been curious about from this episode, including information about Yoga Faith, about Sally, and everything that we have going on here at Rua Space. So friends, thanks again for being with us. Until next time, grace and peace be with you.